Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. During the season of Lent, we are doing a sermon series called The Footsteps of Jesus. The goal of this series is to explore how each of the steps or stages in Jesus's ministry are aspects of our own journey as Christians that we need to mirror in our lives. I hope you enjoy. Our first scripture reading comes to us from Deuteronomy, chapter 9, verses 8 through 11. Even at Horeb, you provoked the Lord to wrath. And the Lord was so angry with you that he was ready to destroy you. When I went up to the mountain to receive the stone tablets, the tablets of the covenant that the Lord made with you, I remained on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water. And the Lord gave me the two stone tablets written with the finger of God. On them were all the words that the Lord had spoken to you at the mountain out of the fire on the day of the assembly. At the end of 40 days and 40 nights, the Lord gave me the two stone tablets, the tablets of the covenant. The word of the Lord. Our New Testament reading this evening is from Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him again, It is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him. And suddenly angels came and waited on him. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Lent. Lent. Not to be mixed up with lint, which can sometimes happen. Lent is a heavier word. The whole season feels heavy. Maybe it's because Lent always begins sometimes, sometime between the first Wednesday of February and the first Wednesday of March. This is almost the latest that we could have, Ash Wednesday. And for those of us that live in the Midwest, we are weary at this time of year. Weary of cold and snow and flu and just everything 
just weary. And then you add Lent, the time of year when we are reminded of our shortcomings, of our sins, of all the things we've done wrong. We are reminded of just how hard it is to be a disciple of Jesus. We are reminded of the incredible work of Jesus and how difficult it is to measure up. Measure up to Jesus, measure up to the call of discipleship, measure up to sacrificial living. During these particular 40 days of Lent for 2019, our sermon focus will be on the footsteps of Jesus. We will be exploring how each step of Jesus' ministry is a step that we can follow in order to live more fully, more completely, into our call as disciples and become, truly become the transformed people that God intends for us to be. Tonight, the first step, deprivation. Jesus has been baptized by John in the River Jordan. God has spoken, this is my, my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The moment is holy and sacred. And you can almost feel the collective people around Jesus and John holding their breath. What is going to happen next? And with that, Jesus is led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Just like that. There is no quiet retreat center in this particular wilderness. The wilderness in Scripture is not a place where one goes to find oneself. We are told in other parts that Jesus goes away to pray, but when someone goes to the wilderness or is led to the wilderness, they are in for a period of suffering and struggle. Consider the people that Moses led through the wilderness. There was suffering and struggle on that journey. There were times when they thought they would starve to death and times when they were sure God had turned God's back on them. And it took them a long time to get out of that wilderness. Jesus does not choose to go to the wilderness any more than the people of Israel chose to wander in the wilderness. Jesus is led into the wilderness by the Spirit. God brings Jesus into the wilderness. And Matthew is quite clear about the purpose of this trip into the wilderness. It is a God-inspired trip, and Jesus will be tested. We are moved in a matter of a few words from the holy and sacred act of baptism into a wilderness where Jesus comes face to face with the devil. Between baptism and ministry comes Jesus' hardest test. It reminds us that living holy lives does not mean living without trial, without temptation, without sacrifice or struggle or deprivation. Now, the first thing that Jesus is deprived of in the wilderness is food. Jesus fasts 40 days and 40 nights. We're explicitly told that it's 40 days and 40 nights so that we understand that it's a whole cycle. Because sometimes you could fast from 
sundown to sunup, or sunup to sundown. But Jesus does both. And when he is finished depriving himself of food, he is famished. I tend to think the gospel writer is understating the issue a little bit. (laughs) Jesus is probably weak and shaky. He probably has a headache. His thinking may be a little foggy. Perhaps his whole body aches with the strain of going without nourishment for 40 days and 40 nights. I can barely make it 36 hours before a medical test. (laughs) And when my husband has to stop eating after midnight to get his uh, fasting blood test drawn, he stays up till 11.45 to have a snack. (laughs) When Jesus is at his weakest, when Jesus might be feeling the most alone, the most vulnerable, Separated from God, when Jesus has been deprived of the most essential thing in life, food, Jesus faces his first test from the devil. Turn the stones into bread. Well, Jesus hasn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. What would be so wrong about turning a stone into bread? He's not taking it out of anyone's mouth, after all. I mean, would it really hurt? If he satisfied his hunger, he'd feel better. He'd be more able to engage in his ministry. He'd be stronger, and he'd think more clearly. But Jesus replies, apparently without hesitation, by reminding the devil that one does not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. Now, the second temptation is to throw himself off the pinnacle of the temple. Again, remember that Jesus hasn't eaten. He isn't thinking clearly. He doesn't feel very good. The devil knows this. The devil decides to meet fire with fire. And since Jesus quoted scripture the first time, the devil quotes it to him first this time. He will command his angels concerning you, the devil says to Jesus. Jesus doesn't flinch. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Last but not least, in fact, perhaps this third temptation is a summation of the first two that, that we hear about. The devil takes Jesus to a very high mountain, and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and all the splendor, and he says, all of this, all of this can be yours. All you have to do is fall down and worship me. The most emphatic no from Jesus yet. Away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Now I have to admit, this is admirable. This is rather amazing. And it certainly doesn't appear to be something we would find quite as easy to do. I mean, would we? Jesus deprived of food, and then still he can resist the devil. Still he can quote scripture. Still he refuses to rely on his own means or the means being offered him to get out of this place and instead to rely on God. 
While each of these temptations may look different, they are all asking the same thing of Jesus. Let go of your, of your power, deprive yourself of your power, and take my power, the Satan's power, the devil's power. Take the power of the world. Do what the world wants you to do. Look at how famous you could be if you just fall down and worship me because you could have all these kingdoms. You could be full again if you just turned a few stones into bread. I'm offering you the world, Jesus. Why are you depriving yourself of the world? Take on the power that the devil or evil or temptation or whatever you want to call it is offering. Isn't that what we are tempted to do every day in our own lives? Isn't that why we sort of need this cleansing time of Lent, this Ash Wednesday to stop and reflect on whether or not we are answering God's call in our lives? a call which will certainly deprive us of some things, but by following we will gain so much more. The last temptation that Jesus is offered is something we all yearn for. Ultimate domination, ultimate control, ultimate power over everything. We all strive for this in little ways and in big ways. We all try to control our lives or the lives of people we love or sometimes the lives of people we don't even know. But Jesus says, no, no, I will let God be God. Already Jesus knows what we often forget. The first step of Christian discipleship is the willingness to deprive ourselves of world, of the world's power, and instead pick up the power of God. To let go of what our culture tells us will make us feel good and rely on God. The power of God. Power found in weakness. Power found in despair. Power found in the abomination of the cross. That's the kind of power we're supposed to be picking up. This is the power we are asked to embrace, to yearn for, to make up the essence of our lives. We let go of what the world offers so we can embrace what God offers. We sacrifice our own need to be fed and comfortable and safe and in charge so that we can walk with Jesus and live into what Jesus wants for us. It is God who will carry us through the wilderness, just as God carried the people of Israel, just as God carried Jesus. It is God who stands with us in our baptism and holds fast to us in the midst of darkness and despair over and over and over again in order to live a life that chooses God. We are asked to face the choice of acting outside of God or of acting with God. 
In other words, we must face the tempter, whatever or whoever it is, in our own lives, and deprive ourselves of the easy way in order to live more fully into the hard way, the way of discipleship, the way of the cross. Each time that Jesus rejects the offer from the devil, each time Jesus deprives himself of the easier way, Jesus helps us understand the way of the cross. The mistake that we make all the time as Christians is thinking that just because we believe in God, just because we come to church on Sunday and Ash Wednesday and other holy days, just because we pray and worship and study, things should be easy. Bad things should never happen to us. Why do good people suffer? Why do we struggle? The Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness somewhere between baptism and ministry, somewhere in that holiest of places, there is also the demand to deprive ourselves and live for God. Friends, the season of Lent invites us to engage the dark and scary places of our lives, the wilderness where the devil lurks and where we are tempted to choose the world over God. Lent invites us to come face to face with the things that get in the way of our own discipleship. We are invited to name them, whatever they may be for us. We are invited to understand them, to come to terms with them, and then to say a resounding no. No, I will not allow you or this thing to have that kind of control in my life because I will live the way of the cross. We too have been claimed by God in the waters of our baptism. We too have the power of the Holy Spirit always with us, especially in the wilderness so that just like Jesus was able to say no, we too, we can say no too when the world yammers in our ear or pulls at our coat or fills our hearts with fear. We can say no and choose to live the life that God intends for us, a life of sacrifice and suffering, a life of joy beyond anything we can ever hope or dream or imagine. As we go forward into Lent, may we understand and embrace our need to say no to some things so that we can say yes to God, that God may be ever more firmly planted in our hearts, and we may be ever more ready to walk the way of the cross. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.firstpresah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.